Opulent Inventory, our proud partners here on the show. Now you can finally have the Apple product times the Apple guys. That's right, from AirPods to iPhones to MacBooks to Apple Watches to trade-ins and much more. Now you can have the Apple product of your dreams. Promo code podcast gets you 20% off. That's right, 20% off on any Apple item. Visit Opulent Inventory, Nash and Guardi. Those are great guys on all social media platforms and on Instagram. Now, let's head back to the show. And we are back here in the Sevy Podcast Radio Show, brought to you guys inside of our studio Z, the Sevy Podcast Radio Show, streaming in 15 different platforms worldwide. Today is December 9th, 2020. We are nearing the end of the year and the 2020 mic that uh, that is uh, one that we would all want to forget a lot of things from COVID to Black Lives Matter to elections to um controversies with vaccines and we've seen it all mike too even some icons dying it's so we're nearing the end and of course calling in is my ride partner no longer dmv but tri-state michael gray <laughs> where you at my man i'm up here in jersey man it feels good it's a it's a great week you know every time i, I come to work I, I, I drive past metlife stadium and i just it's just been it's been a good week to drive by. You know, it's all smiles, all all good energy on this side, man. How about you? Uh, pretty good, and I, I bet it must be a nice nice scene to drive by MetLife now this week, wasn't it? <laughs> oh man, it was amazing. Just drive by MetLife, see that good view in New York City. I mean, you just you just can't put a price on. It. It's been a great week so far. I hope we keep it going. No doubt, no doubt, there for sure. Uh, it's such a great week um, here. Inside the studio, Z. Uh, Mike, I wanted to start off with something that was actually interesting, you know. Um, I, I wanted to, outside of st- uh, sports, of course, I wanted to start off with the topic of gratitude. That's that's the word for me, gratitude, right? Um, when when you go to a restaurant, right, you know, how, how is it? You know, when, when you go to a restaurant, you probably get drinks or you eat good, you know, you probably got some alcohol beverages with that as well but the 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 notion of gratitude that i want to bring upon is tip tipping and tips because i have a lot of friends a lot of peers that are close to me you know for they don't like to tip like that's they don't tip and i and personally for me i'm a very generous guy every time i go out whether that be just for a bar where i go out to eat i'm always gracious on tipping and um and and the amount too you know, um, because I, it's customer service at the end of the day. These people, whether they're behind the bars or where they're servers or um, hostess and stuff like that, they pretty mu- they're pretty much predicated on the tips. That's that's pretty much how they make their 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 money. So um, I'm pretty gracious myself. But I, there's there's a lot of people that I've noticed that you know whether that be friends, relatives, families, peers, they don't they don't really like to tip. So what's your notion on tipping? per your personal experience and have you do you generally tip and if not where there are times that you don't tip as well so the over the last few years i've gotten more educated on tipping and how how important it is when i was young i was very ignorant i never understood the importance of tipping and because i didn't feel like you deserved the tip for doing your job until i understood and realized that these people these waitresses and waiters they get paid maybe two dollars an hour and their, their entire check their entire livelihood is dependent on those tips. So that so that, that, that made me more cognizant of what's going on, understanding that, you know, the tips are important. And plus, so it's it's not a, a guarantee that you're always going to get quality service. It's not a guarantee you're always going to run into a, a, a waiter or a waitress that's, you know, bringing great, great energy and bringing, you know, on, on top of everything you need, making sure that everything is good, um, make sure, making sure that you have the best service. So, my, my my thing on tips is I make sure that I tip. And, uh, you know, I hear people all say all the time about, you know, 10% or 
that's 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 that at the end of the day. I like to tip whatever I feel like I, I put on my mind or my heart at the moment. Like if I want to give a give you a twenty dollar bill, or if I want if I want to give you this at the time, that that's what I'm gonna give you. Yeah. That that's just that's just where I'm at with that. But like, I love I love the tip. I love to get great service. And usually, what I've noticed over the years, especially the past few years, the wait the waiter or the waitress, the energy that you give them, they'll give it to you. They'll give you right back. So you come. You come to them with good energy and you're positive and everything, they'll usually uh, uh, reciprocate that right back to you. You know, so I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of tipping, and it's important, man. It's important, especially with what these waiters and waitresses have to go through with their individual paychecks. Yeah, I agree, agree. And also the fact that it's just, you know, it's just like, you know, it builds character. You know what I'm saying? Like somebody, they, yeah. they, they, that's their, obviously that's their job, but like, like you said, these these people are heavily undervalued, underpaid, and they rely heavily on the tips and stuff like that. So, oh, yeah. um, it, it's something that myself too, I got educated on, uh, on that as well. But I, I also agree with that too. Everybody keeps on saying that, oh, um, you just got to give 15, 20%. I'm like, look, no, like I, I'll give a, a, a what a 30 or a $50 tip, or I'll give a $20 bill or something, depending on how the vibe is. And, and if we built rapport with that uh, waitress or waiter at the moment, but if you're pretty lousy, you'll know it by the amount that I pay. Uh, you know, I won't just yeah. won't pay you nothing. But if I pay you like $5, yeah. that yeah. means, you know, that there must have been something wrong with the customer service that I received. But, you know, I can go as up to, you know, $20, $30, even $50 uh, for more high-end and, and I would say luxurious places. So, um it's it's just something to really think about, and that's what I was thinking about. Just gratitude, it, it goes a long way. It does go a long way, and uh, you're, right, you're absolutely right, man. I, it's, it's it's been plenty of times where, you know, that gratitude wasn't wasn't brought, wasn't brought back to me, and the, the service was terrible, and uh, you won't get a tip from me in that situation. Um, it, it, so that, that it's times like those where um, you appreciate the ones that do show a, a certain level of gratitude, a certain level of. Um, just, just, just persistence and making sure that you you're taking care of the right way, and, and you're absolutely right, man. Every time I go to a restaurant, I make sure that I have good energy and I'm on a high vibration because that you you never know you can make that person's day. That way, that waiter or waitress could have been dealing with some some terrible customers before you, some terrible seat, and all of a sudden you come in and you you spark a light into them, and and now all of a sudden they 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 want to do more for you than they did for others. So yeah, you're absolutely right. Gratitude is. Is number one, man. Agreed, agreed there for sure. One thing we can both agree on, somebody that doesn't have a problem tipping and tipping good is all of these NFL athletes. And that's where we start off today. We look back in week 13 of the NFL, mm -hmm. both sides of the bracket, the AFC and the NFC. Both things are starting to shape up, Mike. Um, we're starting to see all these teams that are kind of looking towards the future, getting ready for April's draft next year, and also the teams that's gearing up for the playoff or some teams that's still in the hunt gearing up for playoff push. Um, we'll start off with the NFC and your beloved Big Blue, the New York football giants invading Seattle. The 12th man wasn't a factor. I thought that played well for them. Did you know this, Mike? The New York football giants, number one in the NFL on third down against. That means their defense gets off the field on third downs. Conversion rates are only at 28%. The guys, they've been flying all over the field. They've been gr playing great complimentary football. Wayne Gallman on the ground has just been a revolutionary piece for them since Saquon Barkley's gone down. And don't look now, you've got the Redskins who got also got a big win from your area, Mike, um, on Monday night in uh, 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 the Steel City in Pittsburgh. So now mm -hmm. both teams sit a tie of on the NFC East, two elite great defenses. It's going to be interesting. Now, obviously, the Giants won both meetings this season against the two, so obviously it would have to – the Redskins would have to win out and, you know, get some help from the Giants losing. But out of these two teams, Mike, for such the NFC least, for all of the, you know, naysayers and all of the scrutiny that it's gotten, both of these teams combined, they've won eight of their last nine. Exactly, and, and the NFC East, the the NFC least as they called it throughout most of the season, uh, over the last few weeks, especially with these the, the, the Giants and the and the Washington Football Team, they both have uh, turned the rear end. And this week, they both did something that you know, no team in the division has done. 
coming into this game, uh, both all four teams in the NFC East were 0-17 against teams with opponents with a winning record. This weekend, uh, the Giants beat the Seahawks with a winning record, and the Washington football team defeated the Pittsburgh Steelers with a winning record and, and stopped their uh, winning streak at a, of 11 games. So the, the NFC East is starting at the end of the season at the right time in December football. It's starting to look like uh, 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 these two teams are starting to to hold it down for the division, and, and it's gonna it's gonna go down to the wire, Sevy. I mean, when you look at the the New York Football Giants and what we did against the Seattle Seahawks, you're talking about uh, Wayne Gallman in this running game. Wayne Gallman is somebody who has been knocking on the door. He's been continuously getting better week by week. The more repetitions he gets with this offensive line, this offensive line has gotten better. Rookie Andrew Thomas started off the season not too great, but over the last five or six weeks, he has yet to allow a single pressure on the quarterback. I mean, just improvement after improvement. And, th- and this was his breakout game for Wayne Goldman. Alfred Morris hadn't scored a touchdown since 2018. He scored two touchdowns against the Seattle Seahawks. This defensive line, uh, the, the entire defense, excuse me, was was incredible. This was the number one highest scoring offense coming into this game. And the Giants shut them down. They, they completely neutralized them. They played the heck out of this zone. Uh, they, they were they were disciplined. They stayed around the football. They made life of Russell Wilson very tough, and it, it, it resulted. Leonard Williams, he wasn't a, he wasn't a Pro Bowler in my opinion the last few weeks. But coming into this game, if he continues to play well and continues to put on these type of performances, like having a two and a half sack performance against Russell Wilson, that's when you start to talk about okay maybe this brother deserves to be in the Pro Bowl because he's already got eight and a half sacks on the season so far. And um, as an interior lineman in today's game, that, that that's that's impressive. That's very special. So I was very proud of the New York Football Giants. Uh, they got a big win against the Seattle Seahawks and a, a, a big-time game against the struggling Arizona Cardinals team coming up. Now, for the Washington football team, this football team, man, I mean, for years and years and years, we've seen this team find ways to lose winnable games like this. They found a way to close it out in the end. Just by heart and grit. I mean, this football, this Redskins football team, excuse me, Washington football team, um, it's similar. It's similar to the Giants. These two teams are very similar because they they rely on their, their dominant defense and their running game. And when Antonio Gibson for the Washington football team went out for uh, uh when went out for Washington, I thought that was gonna be tough. But then you have Peyton Barber, you still have J.D. McKissick, and uh, Logan Thomas had a game. He I did, mean, he almost did. 100 yards receiving. A big-time touchdown in the fourth quarter. Alex Smith didn't make any big-time plays to hurt them. He continued to, you know, uh, flip. They, they continued to flip field position, uh, get, put the uh, defense in good in good spots, and and they capitalized in the fourth quarter when they needed to. And uh, the, that's the type of game that Alex Smith has had throughout his career, and that's the type of that's the type of game that he's shown throughout. Seven years, he's not uh, in the running, if not already in the conversation, a leading candidate for comeback player of the year. It has to be. He has to be in the conversation the way he's playing. And he has this team looking very well. They knocked off the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers. The Pittsburgh Steelers are were 11 and 0, but they were 11 and 0 flawed team. They really struggled to run the football, and it showed in this game. And they, they tried to dick and dunk, especially uh, uh, in the second half, only scoring three points. And you saw you saw that the Redskins caught on to it, and they weren't able to capitalize and make the plays that they needed to. And that defense showed up. I mean, Montez Sweat made play. Chase Young made big-time plays. I mean, this this defensive line is one of the best in the league, and they showed it once again against a top team. And uh, these two teams in the NFC, NFC East are going to fight all the way to the end. I assume if Daniel Jones is able to come back, I give the Giants the slight nod just because they already have the tiebreaker sweeping the rest of the football team. But if Colt McCoy has to finish the season out and Daniel Jones uh, doesn't, and doesn't come back, the, the Washington football team are in the driver's seat to win this division because they're rolling right now, and they look like one of the more hungrier teams in football. Agreed, agreed there for sure. Washington, second in the NFL in sacks, only to Pittsburgh. And uh, once again for your Giants, I got to keep saying this for Jet fans. Thank you again, New York football Jets, for <laughs> Leonard Williams. And the Seahawks oh, are saying thank you very much for Jamal Adams. Like, they're just getting all their great pieces away. It is confusing yeah. to me uh, it would suck to be a jet fan uh, um if you were uh for sure um and, and there other games that we saw we saw lamar jackson last night mike a phenomenal i mean mm-hmm. come on now this guy is just a joy to watch man just a human joystick first nfl quarterback in three seasons to throw for five thousand and have 2500 on the ground 
Um, he's just unbelievable what he does. Um, and now, look, don't look now. You know, now all of a sudden they got to catch up to what the Browns are doing. We're a 93. He got a great win in Nissan Field in Tennessee. We'll talk to about them later. But now with the Steelers not healthy, Mike, they're banged up. They can't run the football. They're hoping that the quick passing game of Big Ben to some of these receivers like Claypool, Deontay Thompson, is their substitute for the running game. The Browns have looked good. And now the Ravens getting Lamar Jackson back. Is what is it safe to say that the AFC North is still wide open or the Pittsburgh Steelers got it wrapped up? No, the Pittsburgh Steelers have the have the division wrapped up in my opinion because I don't see the uh Browns winning out and the Ravens are are, are too they they've, they've dropped too many games in order to come all the way back in this division. The only way the Ravens can come back or the Browns can come back in my view is if Pittsburgh loses four straight games. And I I believe you and I both know that's not going to happen. The best thing that happened for the Pittsburgh Steelers was that they lost to the Washington Redskins because it takes the pressure off them potentially going into the playoffs 16-0. and They don't have to hear about the undefeated uh, streak anymore. And now all of a sudden they can reset, uh, work on their flaws. See, see, Sebi, it's one thing for to go watch film and work on, work on uh, your flawed, your flawed uh, parts of your game when you're winning. But when you're losing, it humbles you. You have to shake back a little bit. You have to regroup. And you actually, uh, you actually go back and you actually look at it a lot differently than you do with the W. So uh, this was a good thing for the Pittsburgh Steelers that they lost. I, could, I expect them to, get to win at least three out of the, their four final games and finish 14-2, and 15-1 and one at best. And, but uh, but for the, the Cleveland Browns, I mean, man, oh, man, what, what, were, you, what were you saying from them? They, they're, they're on their heels. They're, they're, they're definitely a team to be reckoned with. I see them finishing the season 2-2 two and two and um, uh, with, their, with their tough schedule. And Baltimore, getting Lamar Jackson back, that was a, that was a good game yesterday for him. That was a great game for this team in general because the Dallas Cowboys have been one of the worst teams in the NFL in stopping the run. And you saw that. They ran for almost 200 rushing yards in the first half on Dallas. And uh, with, with the combination of Gus Edwards, J.K. Dobbins, and what Lamar Jackson can do with his legs and this offensive line was getting better, if Baltimore can continue to get healthy on both sides of the ball, they, they can potentially win out and get hot at the right time as well. So it's going to be interesting to see all three of these teams uh, Baltimore's fighting for a playoff spot every single game now, and they need some help. But uh, this the, the division is wrapped up, in my opinion, as far as Pittsburgh because of what they did the first eleven weeks. Yeah, I would so definitely far. agree there, uh, for sure. It, it would hate to be a to face a John Harbaugh team as a wild card um, on the road. It would oh, yeah. suck for any road team. But that's what it's looking like. Both Baltimore and Cleveland are probably going to have to go on the road in the playoffs to uh, win three straight to potentially make a run. But I was impressed by Browns, the, this Browns team, man. They're 9-3. and three. They've kind of gone under the radar. We kind of stay in that narrative that it's the old Browns. You know, we don't know what to expect. What is going to happen, what's, what's bound to happen is going to happen with them. They kind of have this Dallas Cowboys narrative that, you know, they've become America's most, one of America's most disappointed teams that, People just giving up on, but boy, Baker Mayfield answered the bell, Mike. I mean, four touchdowns over 250 in just one half. You know, Donovan Peoples Jr., the guy from the the, the, uh, former, excuse me, Wolverine in Michigan, uh, Odell Beckham went down. Some of these extra guys started to get some some, some playing time. Rashard Higgins and, and some of these other. Uh, pieces. So now the Browns, they're playing complimentary football. We know the two-headed monster that they have in the backfield with Chubb and Hunt. And and Miles Garrett is just a man. He is just a, a grown man, Mike. So now, I mean, I, I think this is a Browns team that we can't take lightly anymore. we we, we got to take serious, Mike. No, we no, we do. We do. We absolutely do. And I'm glad you brought that up about the Browns because – Last year, they, they had to fall flat on their face. It was too much hype. Uh, you can't just buy your way into a, a, a contender, uh, being a contending team. You have to put in work. You have to go through struggles. You have to go through adverse situations, and that's what they did last year. This year, they came back motivated, chip on their shoulder. And as much as I hate to say this, as much as it hurt, it pains me to say this, Odell Beckham's injury may have been in Baker Mayfield's favor. And I'm going to tell you why, because – we saw it in his in the rookie season when they went seven, eight, and one. Baker Mayfield is much better 
when he spreads the ball around and he he he, he plays with he throws the ball to the, the receivers by committee. When Odell Beckham was there, it's almost like he tried to force feed him. He tried to get he tried to get him the ball too much to the point where he wasn't spreading the ball around enough to the other weapons that they had. Ever since Odell Beckham Jr.'s went down, Baker Mayfield has been inconsistent at times. But you see in games like this, where where he has a breakout game where he's just spreading the ball around. Jarvis Landry's having a great game. Donovan Peoples Jones is having a great game. You have so many guys. And that play action off the run is is looking effective. And you know, I, I just hope that uh, Odell Beckham Jr. can come back healthy and they, and they can come back and, and they can find a rapport and they can implement him into what's going on and they don't have to worry about forcing him the ball. But right now, you're seeing exactly what you're seeing from um, Baker Mayfield his rookie year when him and Jarvis Landry had a great rapport. You, you've seen it for the last couple of weeks in the last, the game against Jacksonville and the game against Tennessee. This guy, uh, this guy's been balling. And coming into this game with Tennessee, all the talk was about Derrick Henry versus Nick Chubb and Tennessee's running game versus Cleveland's running game. And what did that do? That opened up the opportunities for the play action in the passing game. And Baker Mayfield, it's all about who you trust. Baker Mayfield or Ryan Tannehill. And Baker Mayfield came out the jump and let that, left no discussion and left no arguments about that one. Four touchdowns in the first quarter, first half. I mean, it, it, was, it was a blowout. It was something that nobody expected to see. But um, at the same time, this could be a potential playoff matchup moving forward. And uh, the, the Browns look very well, and we have to give Baker his props. I mean, there's times where he doesn't look very well. There's times where his offense doesn't look very well outside of the running game. But it's times like Sunday where he looks lights out and, and they have a, a, a game like no other. So uh, we'll, we'll see. It's, it's almost like hit and miss. You don't know which Baker Mayfield or which Browns team you're going to get um, offensively. But so far, so so good. They, they've been playing very well. And this is the right time to get uh, to be playing well yep, early in December. Two other things in this, Mike. Um, here's two things. I thought Kevin Stefanski called a great game, and I would like to petition for him as coach of the year. Most people are probably going to pick Mike Tomlin here, mm -hmm. or maybe okay. somebody else, maybe Ron Rivera, what he's done if they get in, or maybe your guy from New York, Joe Judge. But I'd like to petition Kevin Stefanski because you can always got talent, but you have to have the great guy at helm. You got to have the right guy at helm to right. actually put those pieces together and execute because the game of football is always about execution. You can have all the talent you want. The Miami Heat had Wade, Boston, James that first year and didn't win a title. So I got to give credit to Kevin Safansky here. And number two, uh, on the other equation, I think the demise of the Titans, they can run the football. They can break. They do great play action with Tannehill and guys like A.J. Brown as well. But I think the defense for them is probably going to be their demise in the postseason. They can't get – and they can't manufacture yes, a pass rush, and their yep. defense and their back end has just been, you know, giving up blown coverages. I think they're, what, 31st ranked in the NFL. So uh, in their equation, I worry about them um, come postseason, and, and that's pretty interesting to me because Mike Vrabel is, is a defensive guy. But that's two things to keep an eye on. Yeah, definitely. And I'm glad you brought it up about the defense because not only is Mike Vrabel a defensive guy, and that's what he hangs his hat on, they have some very they have some very great players on this defense, and this is a similar defense to the one that you saw last year in the playoffs. It's not that that big of a change as far as as far as personnel is concerned. So it's a concerning mark. It's something that we paid attention to, and we've noticed throughout the season that they they can get they can be had on that back half, and they and they can give up some holes in that defense. But um, it's something that they definitely have to show up because we've seen them perform well, but we've also seen them have performances like they did on Sunday. And it's, it's, um, it's something that could potentially hold them back from getting back to where they were. Agreed, agreed there for sure. Some other uh, key pieces and, and other key news in week uh, 13 uh, this week. Um, I also thought that, you know, the Jets, right, the winless Jets, I looked at the schedule and I was like, wait, if the Raiders played the way that they played at Atlanta last week, I thought this could be a great position for the Jets to get this win. They were close. But for some reason, Greg Roman, uh, Greg Williams, excuse me, wanted to play no high safeties and one of the fastest guys in the NFL opposite of Tyree Kill. You let Henry Ruggs get loose with no safety help, you might as well give up the game. And that's exactly what they did. I think the Raiders probably squeak one out where they probably had no business winning this game. But if you're a Jets fan, 
mixed views here. You want to win a game, but you know you have your eyes on those Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. So, uh, how do you feel here, Jets and Raiders game? That that game that game was 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 I mean, it's, it's it's so hard to describe that game because the Jets did everything possible to win that game. The Jets fought hard, and I'm not surprised. Because it's a couple of reasons why I'm not surprised that the Jets pulled hard and almost won this game. They have some solid players on this team. They 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 just haven't been able to put it all together. There's some pieces that that you can work with for this team. If 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 uh, if Adam Gates gets fired and and and, um, and this team is on the market next year for a head coach, this is one of the most attractive teams to to come to uh, next year because you have players like Quentin Williams, uh, Makai Becton on the offensive line. You have uh, uh, I'm still a believer in Sam Donald. You have players on this team. That that can um that 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 can make plays and make things happen. They just have to be put in the right place. And uh, you know, Greg Williams calling that calling that blitz. Listen, we all know Greg Williams. We we've known him all for a long time as a coordinator. He's an aggressive coordinator. This is what he does. And if he's gonna get fired and he's gonna go out, he's gonna go out his way. And he went out his way. He went out in his style. He's as an aggressive guy. He, he's not gonna sit back and wait. He's the guy that's gonna go after you and try to win. The problem was. They didn't run the cover zero blitz well. The middle linebacker was supposed would have, would have been the free man right up the middle, would have had a clear shot on Derek Carr, and would, and would have got him, and the game more than likely would have been over. But what happened was he sat, waited, uh, uh, like he was in a zone coverage, and uh, and what he did was he left he left opportunity for Henry Ruggs to get open. And um, people people can say uh, you know about the call and things of that nature. Yes, that's not the first time we've seen that call in that situation. Um, and I'm not surprised that Greg Williams made that call. I was just, um, it was just unfortunate. I, if, so if I wasn't surprised that Greg Williams was going to make that call, I was surprised that Adam Gase didn't see it coming and he didn't say anything about it and he didn't try to make an adjustment about that uh, situation. But um, it, it, it was, it was, it was terrible. It was terrible personnel out there on the field. It was terribly ran. And uh, Greg Williams put his team in a situation. And when you got guys like May coming out in this uh, uh, after the game saying, "Yo, you can't be." You, uh, Basically calling out Greg Williams, you can't put us in a position like that. You can't, you can't do that. That's when he had to get fired because your players don't even agree with the calls that you make. Your players don't even, agree, uh, they don't like the fact that you basically cost us a game by, by with that, with that, uh, with that play call. And it, it was, it was a terrible situation. But you were right. Oakland squeaked out with one. Oakland, in my opinion, um, continues to look like a team that doesn't belong in the playoffs, and they almost were officially out in my opinion if they would have lost this game but uh, they squeaked by got a win and uh here we are but it, it was something fishy about this game something didn't seem right because the Jets did everything they could to win and all of a sudden you get you call that play I, I just don't know it's, I don't I don't like the idea of tanking for a quarterback unless you are 100 percent sure that he's going to be that like we saw them we saw tank we saw all we heard uh, last year was tank for two and we don't even know the ceiling for two or how good he's going to be so this this tanking notion, this notion that guys are going out there uh, to lose or trying to lose is, is too pathetic because the Jets play good enough to win. Those guys have pride. Those guys are playing for their their pride and everything, their, their livelihood, and they wanted to win that game. They were they really wanted to win that game, and it was it's unfortunate that it got taken away from them. Agreed. On, on and the I got my eyes like, on Oakland. Like uh, well, now formerly Oakland, now it's the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, they play great to competition, right? Um, the, against the Chiefs, you know, they beat them in Arrowhead. Yeah. They, 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 you know, nar- narrowly beat them again at home in Las Vegas, only losing by three. But against Atlanta, getting blasted in, in the Georgia Dome. Though. And then now going into the Meadowlands near MetLife and um, almost losing to the Jets. They're confusing, though, especially the last two weeks. So I've got my eyes on them. I, I can't figure them out uh, mm-hmm. yet, but... Uh, it's 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 I I got to keep my eyes on John Gruden's team. Nevertheless, they're seven and four and still in that playoff hunt. And Mike, I, I don't. If there was a comeback player of the year award, I think Josh Allen would pass that test with flying colors. I don't think anybody has improved better, and that's all positions, not just quarterback. From 2019 to 2020, than Josh Allen doing what he did. I mean, 375, four TDs on Monday Night Football in. San Francisco uh, in Levi Stadium and a San Francisco team who's still in it, right? No, no Nick Bosa. Uh, I know Richard Sherman came back. Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't even been back, but they were still fighting in the hunt. They got a huge win um, in LA, and so they were filling themselves on Monday night. But Josh Allen just put ease and put everything to to bed. And I think Cole Beasley 
is benefiting a lot from Stephon Diggs right now in that Buffalo offense. And I, also with them, Mike, I think they're a team that I would put along with the Steelers and the Titans to beware for the Kansas City Chiefs. No, you're, you're not lying because this team on both sides of the ball is very solid. I mean, they have weapons for Josh Allen. Josh Allen is playing out of his mind. And he's a, he's a guy that can that can carry that can carry your team and and, and 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 galvanize the troops for you. And you're right, Cole Beasley had a great game. He had a hundred, uh, one thirty on nine on nine receptions. Um, he 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 he's he's, I, I he's know, looking I know the he's, his value like is, is rising. He's looking more and more. <laughs> oh, they, I, I know they would. I know they would. And uh, while, especially and watching performances and like that, you see what he's doing. We all know how good. Absolutely, we we know how good Stephon Diggs is uh, at wide receiver. You know what he can do and stuff like that. So this this Buffalo team on all levels is, is playing some very good football. I feel like that game would have been a little bit more competitive had Jimmy G been been the quarterback. But at the same time, they handled business. They went into San Francisco, uh, coming off a big win, feeling good, and they took care of business. And, and that that's the mark of a, of a of a very good team to me. It's not always the teams that you play up to, but the teams that you should beat, and you and you take care of business. And that's exactly what Buffalo did. And Buffalo is a is a scary team. Buffalo is a uh, it, it, Buffalo Buffalo is an interesting team because they can they 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 can beat almost anybody in the AFC if they're hot and they're playing. And Josh Allen is agreed, playing agreed there for like sure. That. They got a big test Sunday night football at Pittsburgh last year. Josh Allen he did it against Duck Hodges. We'll see if he can do it with a fully loaded Pittsburgh team who is motivated to make amends on what happened on. Mon on uh excuse me on uh, Monday night and also the Browns and the uh Ravens Monday night this upcoming night so week fourteen a lot of playoff implications especially in the AFC uh quickly here we'll keep in the AFC before we switch gears here Mike um the Patriots now they put themselves in position to get back in this playoff hunt um you got the Raiders in that position there as well but only seven teams can make the playoffs so out of these three that are vying for that last playoff spot in the AFC. Who do you think gets that last spot? I see the New England Patriots getting it. I was happy for Cam uh, and everything that he's been through this year. He deserved that moment. Uh, going being, Beating that uh, the Chargers team 45 nothing. Uh, just having, having their way with them. Uh, obviously, he didn't pass the ball extremely well. They didn't do anything like that. But at the same time, they, he still manufactured drives. He still... Um, they ran the ball effectively. Damian Harris has been running that football tremendously over the past few weeks. But I would give it to the New England Patriots because of what I've seen offensively and defensively. Uh, Sebby, J.C. Jackson is in the conversation for defensive player of the year. I mean, def uh, getting the interception that he gets, uh, the, the plays that he's he's making this year, he's, uh, he's, he, he's, um, he, he's doing his thing. And this defense is starting to come together and they're starting to come into their own and you, you never know. Uh, I, I see a potential where they where they can win three out of four or potentially run the table. I, out of all the teams, I would give it to them just because I, of what I see on the field. Yeah, you got to trust Bill Belichick. In any scenario with teams making it in the playoff, the Indianapolis Colts are still in that conversation. And Lamar Jackson and Jim Harbaugh's team is also all vying for that last playoff spot in the AFC that's currently held by the Indianapolis Colts as it uh, stands uh, come Thursday night, Mike. Uh, just tw 48 hours away, a Super Bowl rematch. Super Bowl 53. The Patriots are gonna face the Rams, and, and that's where we face now and go to the NFC side of the bracket, where the Rams and the Arizona Cardinals are all fighting for that last playoff spot in the NFC, along with the Vikings, along, excuse me, with the Giants and the Redskins there as well. So rematch Super Bowl 53, Jerry Goff and Cam Newton. So uh, we know the Rams got a big win in Arizona this week against Kyler Murray. Uh, but where do you see the NFC? Who gets those last one or two spots in the NFC? I like this L.A. Rams team. I mean, I'm not sold on Jerry Goff. Even with, with Jerry Goff not being as uh, productive as we used to see him, we used to uh, – we we expect to see him from uh, what he's being paid and things of that nature. He's um this defense is very solid. I mean on all levels they 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 hold the fort for this team and they 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 definitely got the offenses back and um, Jared Goff he he's hit and miss. He, you might get a good game from him one week, 
I think he might get a, a two or three interception game from him the problem. He's very inconsistent. But uh, I trust this defense and I trust this team to make it happen. Um, they, they have an opportunity, you know, with Seattle. With Seattle uh, slipping a little bit and uh, Arizona falling off the mat and uh, with San Francisco going to potentially win the division. But uh, but I, I would I would go with them. They're they're, they're in the conversation uh, to potentially make it make it happen. But I, I like this LA Rams defense more so than more Agreed. so. Than I want to excuse myself. The Rams are actually in a tie for the NFC West lead. In fact, they're number one right now because of the head-to-head win against Seattle and LA. So they've got one more against matchup Seattle. against so You're right. Seattle You're outside right. looking okay. in. That would be a wild card, along with the Giants, the Arizona Cardinals, and the Minnesota Vikings who. Uh, got a huge win late in overtime against the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. A lot of stuff to talk about. Because when we come back, we go to the college games. We'll go talk about the college football playoffs. Nothing has changed in the top four. And also some college hoops. The Sevy Podcast Radio Show, live inside Studio Z. And we are back here on, on the Sevy Podcast Radio Show, our next segment, the college edition. We start off with mm. the college football playoffs. It's nothing worse than politics, and maybe I can find something that's close to it. That is the college football committee, Mike. The top four, nothing has changed. Alabama, number one, reigns supreme. You got Notre Dame, 10-0 and 0 at number two. They got the head-to-head match against Clemson they face in two weeks for the ACC title game that leads to Clemson number three Trevor Lawrence has come back he didn't miss a beat in Blacksburg against Virginia Tech and of course what everybody's talking about the Ohio State Buckeyes from Columbus only playing five games five and oh unblemished but not playing a lot of games behind their tails is the Aggies of Texas Tech Texas A&M excuse me um they've got their head-to-head matchup with the Florida Gators at six, and Kyle Trask, who's probably the leading candidate for the Heisman Trophy winner this year. Nothing has changed, but the narrative, Mike, and the discussion has all come down to Ohio State. Do they deserve that number four spot? We know that Ohio State and Michigan, a rivalry game has been postponed. So does Indiana now get an opportunity to play in the Big Ten title game? I know that Alia wanted that to happen. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Uh, uh, they'll play against the Big West, Big Ten West champion, excuse me, uh, um, there. But does the Aggies or does Florida get in? What, what's your thoughts on the college football playoffs, Mike? Uh, I see I see Florida potentially getting in. Uh, obviously, Ohio State has, has – you, you, it's not their fault that, you know, games, games continues to get canceled because of COVID and the fact that they had a late start. That's not on them, so I can't blame them for the situation. But I love how – you know, we, we talked about his politics. And I love how Kyle Trash has been playing. I love how this Florida team has been playing. Their only blemish they, with the one spot that will hurt them is that their only blemish on the season comes against Texas A&M. And Texas A&M is right in front of them. So they're going to have to continue to, do, to, to continue to win. They're going to have to get a big win against Alabama. It's going to take a win against Alabama in the SEC championship for them to, to potentially get in. It's going to come down to that. So uh, I see a scenario where Florida could potentially get in. Uh, because I love what this team is doing. Texas A&M has been playing very well this year, uh, and what helps them is their big win against Florida. Uh, but um, Indiana, Indiana is going to have uh, Indiana is going to the to, to to the Big Ten championship in my opinion. They're going to make it happen, and um, I know they would have loved they would have loved to have a rematch against Ohio State, but unfortunately, it's not going to happen that way. So uh, I see I see potential where Florida can potentially get in. Um, and, but but it would take a, a Herculean effort effort against the Alabama Crimson Tide and potentially winning that game. Well, well, but th- th- this is why I thought you know this was the year to expand and do an eight uh, team playoff. This is the year to do it, right? I mean, yeah. everything has changed. The MLB format, the bubble for the NBA, hockey had their own bubble. If there was any year to do that, you want to experiment something, it would be this year. But 
I, I think a Florida holds their own destiny. I mean, if they take care of business in Atlanta against Alabama, there's there's no way that they don't get in. So I, I think Florida holds their own destiny. The Texas A&M in, is interesting. They they have the head to head win against Florida, but their only loss was against Alabama, and Alabama blasted them at their home stadium. So it, right. it's 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 interesting for the Aggies. They would need help. I think if you know if Ohio State doesn't get in, which I don't think they will. Um, when things play out, I think maybe the Aggies get an opportunity to get in. But you get that narrative. Do we have two or three SEC teams getting in those four spots? Like, you know, it, it, it's, it's gonna, it becomes politics again. But this is interesting, Mike, because if Indiana wins the Big Ten, there'll be a Big Ten champion, right? A Power Five champion. But because of the name, right, of Notre Dame, how much does that weigh over for the committee so it, it really depends like you want to see justin fields in this offense in the college football playoffs or would you rather see indiana or it's it's, it's interesting i think you know clemson and notre dame they'll cancel each other out i think the winner or loser will probably stay in but some people will say the winner of that should cancel themselves out and not get a spot so it's it's interesting it, it, all these all these issues um, but what's interesting to me, Mike, is some of these teams that are probably not going to make it into the college football playoffs, but maybe in the New Year's Six Bowl, right? You've got Desmond Ritter in Cincinnati. You've got Coastal Carolina, the darlings of this season. What they did against BYU, they they virtually made BYU look slow, Mike. Um, it's something that nobody's done. They've been putting up 40, 40, 40, 40 every game. And Coastal Carolina held them to nearly 13 points uh, that was impressive to me so i think there's also stuff that's not being talked about in college football playoffs uh, and college football in general outside of the playoffs yeah until they move to an 18 playoffs or until they expand the, the college football playoff in general to whatever number they want to there's always going to be that question mark of who should have gotten in who uh did, did this team get snubbed that's always going to be the bottom line. It's always going to be one of the headlines around this time of year. And you brought up a great point about Clemson and Notre Dame. No matter who wins that uh, ACC championship, is going to is more than likely going to make it in. But I will say this: they're going to it's going to be an argument for Clemson not to be in if with Trevor Lawrence they still lose to Notre Dame. There's going to be a legitimate argument depending on what the rest of the teams do in, in, the, in the playoffs. There's going to be a legitimate argument that Clemson might might not be able to make it if they lose twice. To Notre Dame and, on, on, in that big game with with DJ and then with Trevor, there's going to be an argument. I still would put Clemson in there, me personally. But there, but there's a legitimate argument to knock Clemson out. Have the if they were to lose in the ACC championship to Notre Dame once again. So it's it's, it's a lot of different conversations, like you said. It's politics. I, if Kyle Trash beats Alabama and Florida and, and he's uh, the clear Heisman winner, there's no way that they don't put Florida in the in the top four. So it's 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 so much riding on this. It's so much going on, but. Um, like, like you said, until they expand to an 18 team playoffs, there's always going to be this question of who should have gotten in, and he's always going to feel like this team got snubbed or that team could have. Yeah, gotten and, in. and that one is very interesting, the Clemson one, because they would be a two loss team. Not only they'd lose twice yeah. to uh, obviously um, uh, 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 Notre Dame, but they'd be a two loss team. Whereas if the Florida Gators went out or the Aggies went out, um, they would only be a one loss team. Uh, so that's the, all of those yeah. um, count. And, and this is why I think it, it has to go to a uh, playoff. It has to go um, to that spot. It, it, it just has to because, um, I mean, it, it's, it just has to. This is why it creates conflict and, and things of that nature. So it remains to be seen what they do moving on forward. I think a lot of things are going to shape up. I just have a gut feeling that Ohio State may not have enough ammunition to get in. Uh, quickly from football to basketball, a lot of things been going on. The ACC versus the Big Ten challenge has been going on thus far. Iowa, Illinois, and Penn State, um, all from uh, all from the Big Ten, excuse me, has definitely got the better of the ACC in a year. I think the ACC is not that 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 strong, Mike. But what stood out to you? Um, lots of wins, and I mean lots of wins for the Big Ten this year. Uh, Illinois, Illinois stood out to me getting a big win. Uh, you know the, the how they played against Duke, how how they played yesterday it was it was uh, it was special. They 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 stood out to me. Uh, I just I just love seeing good competition between interconferences. And um, 
it, it, that, that that's what stands out to me is the competition. I was, the way these guys are playing, I mean, it's almost like we're watching NBA basketball in college. You know, these, these guys are utilizing, yes, I'm, I'm sure that it sucks, you know, watching, like, like, for the Duke game example, watching Cameron Indoor Stadium without watching the Dukies and without seeing the fans and stuff like that. But when you when you see these guys playing on the court, it's almost like open gym. It's almost like summertime, summer league uh, playing, practice, things of that nature. These guys are, are, are knocking down big-time shots at a high efficient rate. I mean, it's, it's special, man. It's special what we're seeing. And, and uh, that that's what stands out to me is the, the, the calmness and the, the confidence that these guys are playing with. It's, it's almost on the NBA level. Agreed, agreed. That for sure. They've got some players, Mike. Ayo Desomnu, Coffee Cockburn, uh, oh, young man. freshman, um, Kevin Corlebley. So um, this is this the year that the Fighting Illini finally um, make it to another final for their first since 2005? And who? Darren Williams was the point guard at that time. Uh, um, Iowa, yep. Mike, I mean – that's a team to me, Mike, that I think has final four aspirations because you have a problem here. Garza demands double, triple coverage. Uh, the big man who's uh, the leading front runner for National Player of the Year, he demands a lot of double and triple coverage, Mike. And we saw what happened last night. North Carolina really keyed in on him. Guys like Bohannon, who hadn't played last year, comes back this year. Weisskamp plays and is eligible for a fifth year, and he redshirts as a senior. Next thing you know, Iowa shoots 17 threes, and then you also got Garza for a double-double. That spells trouble for not only anybody in the Big Ten, but anybody in the country going against Iowa. No, you make a great point about Iowa. Luca Garza, has, um, he came on the scene big time last year, and this year he's just, he's just taking his game to another level. He came off in the jump, showing everybody that he's nothing to play with, that he's going he's going for that Player of the Year uh, award this year. And uh, I, I love what I'm saying from Iowa. Like you said, when you have a big guy like that that's – as dominant in the paint as he is, you need those outside shooters so, so that when they get double and triple team, they're making it. And they have them. They have the shooters on the outside. But I also want to give a shout-out and some love to West Virginia. West Virginia has been looking very impressive so far. Derek Culver uh, has been playing uh, phenomenal. He's, he's one of those guys who's going to uh, potentially be a top pick in the 2021 draft uh, next year. And uh, it's, 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 it's just a lot of teams, man. It's a lot of teams. Like, I'm still – Still covering VCU and seeing what they're doing and stuff like that. But uh, this college scene is so early right now, but there's so much competition and so much discontent, even from the teams that's not in the top 25. They're, they're giving you some, they're giving uh, these teams some great go. And, uh, and, they're, and, they're, and they're playing exceptional basketball. Didn't it, it, it suck not seeing number one Gonzaga versus number two Baylor? I, I, I thought that could have been, that could have been probably the game of the year, or at least to this point. Um, because Baylor, to me, has been impressive, Mike. They have two elite guards, two elite two-way guards that can not only get a bucket on offensively, but defensively. Oh, my goodness. They just create havoc against opposing wings. Mitchell and also Jared Butler, who's also an, a preseason mm-hmm. All-American. Those guys for Butler, I mean, uh, uh, Baylor, excuse me. The Bears, you're going to have a problem in the Big 12 against them, whether you're Kansas or whether you're anybody else. Um, Baylor is impressive, and I would have loved to see how they fare against Mark Few's team uh, with Joel Ajay and one of my favorite players in the country and Jalen Suggs and also uh, Kevin Nembard, the transfer from Florida, um, and also Corey Kispert, who's also an All-American preseason guy. We know the sharpshooter that he is. So it, it, it sucked that we won't mm-hmm. see that. But Baylor, to me, Mike, is also a guy that I think we, a, a team, excuse me, that we need to keep an eye on. Yeah, no, no, no doubt, and I wouldn't be surprised or shocked at all if uh, down the line, uh, when we, when we next year in 2021, we see these two teams again at some point. I, I just wouldn't be surprised at all if we see it because, like you said, these two teams right here, they're 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 the top two teams in the country right now for a reason, and, and just the competition on the court that that would have been tremendous. That would have been a great. Uh, jump start to the early part of college basketball season, but it, but it's unfortunate. It's okay. It's okay because we're gonna see, we're gonna be able to see that that, that matchup again hopefully. And um, like you say, there's so many, there's so many different different teams that, that are out there doing their thing and playing at such a high level, and we're, we're utilizing this. It feels like open, like I said, it feels like open gym. These guys are are playing exceptional basketball and. You know, as the season progresses, we're only going to see better competition. Yep, definitely there for sure. Any last remarks or words maybe in the NBA, uh, maybe in college hoops? 
uh, before we wind down today's episode. Yeah, I did want to say something about the Oakland Raiders, uh, what you were saying about, you know, the, the, the fact that they play up and down in the competition. A lot of times, and not, not even with just Oakland, but for a lot of teams that travel from the West Coast all the way to the East Coast, you you see you see the kind that, that when when they do that, that their play on the field is affected by it, and you saw it. You know, Oakland has a game where they almost beat Kansas City on a Sunday night football game at home, and it was like one of the potentially one of the best teams in the league. And then they come back and they travel to Atlanta, and they dominate, and they get absolutely dominated. And then they travel to New York and almost lose to the winless Jets, and, um, and, and easily could have lost that game. It just it just looked like a shell of themselves. You have the same thing with Seattle when they traveled to Buffalo after after getting a big win. They traveled to Buffalo and then they, and they look uh, pathetic, especially on the defensive side of the ball. It's something about these West Coast teams traveling to the East Coast that um, that their play gets affected by that by, by that traveling. And it's an underrated aspect that that, that's, that certain fans just don't. Um, don't 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 put it into consideration as yep, much as they should. I agree there as well. Mike's closing arguments always a great take uh, there for sure. We'll be back here next week recapping Week 14 and other various news in the world of sports. For myself and Mike, we say so long for now. Until next week in the Sebi Podcast Radio Show, and folks, whether you're listening on air or online, the Sebi Podcast Show is wherever you go. And we'll see you guys next time. Hey, everyone. We're excited just as much as you guys tonight if you enjoyed this show. And frankly, even some of our other episodes as well. If you want to show your appreciation for the show, ensure that you leave us a rating and a review in our iTunes and Spotify. And remember, you can stay locked in here and connected. Sebupodcast.info link for the latest news articles, interviews, and much more. And remember, wherever you're listening on air or online, the Sebi Podcast is wherever you go.